welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Houghton. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up then, a goal frenzy at Forest. A big game to come on Sunday. Busy Christmas to come, actually. We're going to hear from Tom Lees and Gary Monk. And we need to pick a middle-of-the-park maestro of the decade. Um, first, it's taken us nearly a year of doing this podcast before this has happened, but we are for the first time recording in the pub. Um, and, yeah, it has taken a bit of a while. It's kind of our Christmas sort of special. We're having a few drinks afterwards. Um, so we're recording in the uh, Rutland Arms, which is officially a bit of a United pub, but, you know, we should no, feel, we're we're feel Wednesday. We record where today. we want. It's all yeah, about the blue absolutely. and white wizards. Absolutely. Uh, right, down to business. Forest away on Saturday. Now, we said a couple of weeks ago that... It was we were creating enough chances to to give someone a good hiding at some point, but it didn't feel like it was on the verge of happening. It kind of happened on uh, happened on Saturday, didn't it? it? Certainly did, didn't it? Yes, Forest were well and truly cut down, weren't they? Hey. Right. Uh, all those roads um, are no longer blocked, are they? Yeah, I'm trying to see how many Christmas you know puns we can get in. It's that time of year, isn't it? You know, we're, we're getting a little bit giddy. Bit I, I was doing the same on Twitter in the car on the way back on Saturday. Yes, very mature, but. Very rewarding at the same time. I know, yes, actually, that was where I think I noticed and picked up on it. But yes, yes, we got to see uh, Jordan Rhodes. He rolled back the years, didn't he? That was vintage Jordan Rhodes. That was uh, Jordan Rhodes from seven years ago when I remember him getting 40 goals in a season, including four at Hillsborough uh, in the game. Yes. yes, we'll never forget. Strangely, I remember that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we all remember that one. Uh, and then obviously he still had another number of good years when he was at Blackburn where he, he got 20-odd. But yeah, my word, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know about you, James, but I, I was beginning to think that we never see that sort of devastating finishing ever from him uh, in a Wednesday shirt. Um, as, as it's not really happened for him. But no, it hasn't. And I think a lot wow. of fans had written him off uh, and a lot of fans had said some quite sort of final things about him in terms of the fact that you sort of think well, there isn't really a way back for him now. And I'd always tried not to because I've always, I've always wanted, deep down somewhere, I've always kind of wanted Jordan Rhodes to come good and sort of like against all odds thought it might happen. Um, and even I'd sort of thought, I mean, it's like, it's... No chance now, you know, that that was it. And it was just counting down to when he was going to go. And I mean, to, to kind of repeat some of the stuff that we said last week, but, it, but it's relevant, uh, it, it does look like a different, you know, Jordan Rhodes that's played for Wednesday over the last 18 months, two years, has not really looked like Jordan Rhodes. The last couple of games when, when he's played, and obviously before that he came on as a sub, it really has looked like Jordan Rhodes. It looks like the guy that, you know, we thought that we were buying way back when and I, I don't know what's changed I don't know if it's something that Gary Monk's done with him and, and, and you know listening to his um, I do enjoy listening to a good Jordan Rhodes interview <laughs> yeah um, but listen, listening to that afterwards and, and just hearing him sort of say nothing's really changed and you sort of think it's got to have done because that came from nowhere I think the only thing that's changed James is uh, well the manager uh, and so I think the manager ha- has to take an awful lot of credit and I think a lot of people even when he came on at half-time against Brentford, you're looking at it and you're thinking that this is probably the last chance to win here. This yeah. is this is your now or never for Jordan Rhodes uh, because if he if he didn't if he hadn't delivered in Brentford and the subsequent matches, then you you, you would have to think that Jordan Rhodes uh, possibly would be moving elsewhere in January. But 
the the turnaround in his fortunes in the three matches, yeah, the, and he he came on at Brentford, made an impact, and he's kicked on and taken that form into Derby, where I think he he was good first half, faded a bit in the second, but yeah, Forest, incredible, perfect hat trick. I mean, what can you say? Uh, the clean finish for that opener, left foot on his weaker foot, but he you know took it, he took it like a man who has scored. Yeah, two hundred odd goals in his career, and his goal scorer, a box player, is I think you know that's what Adam Reach and Tom Lees. When I spoke to them afterwards, they were saying that, and uh, I, I do. I just think it's maybe Gary Monk's sort of put an arm around him, reminded Jordan Rhodes of how good he's been at this level. What, what, you know, fantastic finisher he is. We know that outside of the the penalty area, he maybe won't contribute masses always. Um, you know, when it comes to his hold-up play, and he's perhaps not always going to run the channels and do the sort of the, the donkey side, but who cares really? Yeah. When, you, when you turn it on like he did at the City Ground, and uh, yeah, between him and Stephen Fletcher, yeah, they bullied and terrorised Forest defensively, who were abject. But you, you, let's not take anything away from Wednesday. That was. By far and away, I think that first half, best performance of the season. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, I said it on Twitter as well. I, I would go to, as far to say that, you know, I've been covering the team for five and a half years and it's right up there with as good as anything I've ever seen. Um, watch it, you know, covering Wednesday, uh, you know, week well, in, week out. It was, it was everything that Wednesday haven't been for the last few weeks. It was brutal. It was clinical. Um, it was... It was just harsh. It was just really harsh on any team when every time Wednesday had sight of goal, you, you felt that they were going to score. Um, and the daft thing was, you know, we, we actually could have scored more. You know, we scored four in that first half and you think, Kadeem Harris has a really good chance. There's another couple of kind of goal mouth scrambles. Um, but I think the difference that Jordan Rhodes made, and, and, and again, this is, is going back over all ground, but we've sat here many times and, and bemoaned Wednesday not shooting on sight of goal, wasting chances, trying to walk it in the back of the net. And John Rose went out and just a sniff of goal, you know, that first goal. And I know, you know, the, the second one, the cross was was beautiful and that'll, that'll get plaudits. Rightly so. The second one, overhead kick, looks fantastic. But that first goal, Jordan Rose, pretty much back to goal. He just knows, he knows, he knows where the back of the net is. Um, and that for me was just brilliant because that's what we, Wednesday have not been doing that Stephen Fletcher does it to an extent, but Stephen Fletcher is the kind of guy that needs to have three or four attempts mm. before that that happens for him. Um, John Rhodes was was just that clinical, brutal finisher that we've been needing. Absolutely, and you're right with what you say there about Stephen Fletcher because I think it was one nil, and Stephen Fletcher had that shot saved uh, to to make it two nil, and it could have been a, a crucial moment in the contest yeah. and so the fact that yeah the next chance that Jordan Rhodes got I, and I, I was really impressed with that that was vintage Rhodes the second goal the, the cross like you said glorious but the clever movement inside the six yard box to make you get in between the defenders and make that room for himself and, and the header yeah clinical ruthless exactly what we want to see from Wednesday and well the way he completed the hat trick, I, I don't think he scored many better than that. That was some goal. That it was brilliant. You wasn't did. It? You have to pinch. You had to pinch yourself really that uh, you know that that happened. And for that to be the hat trick goal, I think makes it even sweeter. That one. Yeah, it was um, great improvisation. It was just great, and 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 you know that that first half performance altogether from Wednesday, as you said, it it was it was sublime. Really, yeah. it was it was 
brilliant. I think we've we've just got to mention the fact that at two nil, Forest do have a couple of chances, and there's a, a good save from um, Cameron Dawson, and then Forest miss a chance that you kind of look back on and think. They should, be, they should be scoring that. that. They yeah. should be scoring that. Yeah, and what a different look. game it is if that yeah. goes to two one in you know halfway whatever it was halfway through the the second half or towards the end of the sorry half towards the end of the first half. Yeah. Um, what a different you know second half that sets up if if we go in at two one, um, and mm. you know we still got time to score another two goals. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely, and it was lovely, wasn't it? Really, we just saw the two contrasts of of Wednesday. First half was uh, r- ruthlessly efficient, uh, taking the majority of the chances they created. Completely blew a very good Forest side away. I know Forest have had their troubles at home this season, but and yet it's still a proper statement win, and you've got to go there and do the job. And I think the second half. Uh, that also pleased me a lot and I'm sure it was the same for a lot of Wednesday nights of where Wednesday they did the professional job that's it they saw it out it was proper game management and then they could actually have scored when Sam Winnell came on they had a couple of late chances to a further embarrassed Forest so it was the perfect away day I I think this is very much a Sheffield Wednesday fan thing to do but it's 4-0 at half time right and me and my friend John look at each other and go they score one in the first five minutes of the second half. But you've seen it happen, don't you? You know, if a team gets yeah. one and then gets two, and then suddenly you're like, bit of a knife edge there. If it actually goes to, mm-hmm. to you know, to one goal difference. Yeah. Um, but Wednesday yeah. did exactly what they needed to do, which is that they mm-hmm. actually made it a fairly boring yeah. second half. They just kind of saw it through, the, the, the nullified the game. On this note, let's talk a bit about the midfield performance on Saturday, because I thought the midfield was superb. Yeah. And... We've said that a few times this season when the, the you know we thought the, the midfield superb and there always seems to be one common denominator when we say that and that's Massimo Luongo when he plays the midfield just seems uh, more complete and therefore does its job better. He was fabulous, he was brilliant. Uh, and I can't really think of many matches where he's played for Wednesday where he hasn't been at least a seven out of ten, but on Saturday it was a nine. I think that's why I gave him. Yeah, you know, I gave all the players min, eights, uh, and I gave Rhodes a ten. I think to, for the, the because it was the perfect hat trick. I felt compelled to give him. I think it'd have been really uh, hard. I know. Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would have been very doomed. <laughs> yeah, it would have been very doomed. But I leave that to you, James. Nowadays, you know that. Uh, I'd have said nine point five. Nine point five. Yeah, room for improvement. Obviously, you know, we're waiting for number four, you know, four <laughs> goals in one day but yeah yeah Massimo Luongo the energy that aggression he brings to midfield the, and drive uh, and the way that he dovetailed with Barry Bannon it was superb and I, I really think that Sam Hutchinson will be available after Bristol City he, he's going to have a serious uh, selection dilemma there uh, is, is Gary Monk into what does he do in midfield you, right now you can't take Massimo Luongo out of the team you know, if, he, if he follows up that performance with another good display against Bristol City he has to stay in at Stoke City end of it, it, it is a tricky decision isn't it because we all know what Hutch does and we have a, a, a defensive solidity with Sam Hutch playing in front of them that you only get from a player like Sam Hutchinson as we've said before, there's only one Sam Hutchinson in the championship. You just don't get players like Sam Hutchinson at this level. And if he had knees, he'd be playing at a high level. And, and that's that's all there is to it. Uh, but uh, the, uh, it, it's th- that midfield pairing of those two, Luongo and Bannon, 
that's that's got to be what we build the midfield around now. They've got to be the first two names on the team sheet yeah. for me. So it's almost a choice between if you're going to play Hutch, you can only play one up front. You know, I, I can't I can't see a way of 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 playing four four two and Hutch now getting in the team. And I think yeah. th- this feels really harsh to say it, but the fact that this season we've we, it's gone back to the Hutch that's kind of lunging in with challengers and sometimes looking. Not quite out of control, but just not. You know, he's not. He's not controlling the game in in the way that he was mm. just after Lee Bullen took over last Christmas. I get where you're coming from, but I think his form uh, roll back to Derby, and he was one of Wednesday's best outfield players that day. But he did like you know, he picked up his tenth yellow card, ten yellow cards. I think in sixteen. 17 matches Dis- discipline well, yeah, it's a problem than- yeah and we've spoke i think last week about it so you know he has got to cut the silly bookings out uh, and it, otherwise it, i mean what what it's doing is he's he's opened the door for Massimo Longu and Massimo Longu has barged through the, the door and said I'm playing and I deserve to be playing and and i think Gary Monk has gone on record and he said it before that Longu has been unlucky not to play more this season. And I, I would go along with that, that I do think there's times where the Wongu, yes, he had an injury, I think, when he when he got two goals in three matches or so in October that kept him out. And he, I think it was a knee injury. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think he brings so much. And he is the midfielder that, I think, Wednesday, really since Kieran Lee, the injuries start to take a bit of a grip of him. I think he's that one they've been looking for as a, almost a replacement or who, like you say, offers something, not just defensively, but also going forward. He brings a lot to the team. But to answer your question on that, I would say Gary Monk is not going to go away from four four two. How can you? The last four matches, they've picked up 10 points. So he's got to stick with four four two, And he's got two strikers now, bang in form. Uh, so unless he were to completely change formation, and I don't see him doing that against Bristol City, he may tweak it at Stoke, but then, let's be honest, Stoke are at the bottom. Yep. And Wednesday should be going all out for the win there. You know, Stoke are, are, have struggled this season. There's no real reason to, to change it for either of the two games that are coming up this this week, really. It, it's it's hard to see justification for for doing that. If, if, mm. if he was going to change things... We talked about it last week. It was going to be against Forest. There was, there was, you know, they they've been up there, top end of the table, pretty much all season. The, there's a, a enough justification there to go right. You know what? We need an extra body in midfield. Uh, stuck with the system, and then you can't then go to you know home against Bristol City or away at, at, at struggling Stoke, and that be the game that you think actually, yeah, we need to take one of them. Out. And who do you take out? How do you take Jordan Rhodes out after he's just scored a first half hat trick? Stephen Fletcher, form of his career. You know how how do you break up that? And, and you yeah. know, not ignoring the fact that individually they both play very well, but actually it's a partnership that with time and stuff that that could work really really well now. Um, I've, mm. I, my only slight concern with this is just whether or not we've seen this with players before where I just hope it's not a false dawn in, in with Jordan mm. Rhodes and that yeah. you know he doesn't right. have an absolutely nothing game on Sunday and then we all think oh actually did he, was it just a you know, flash his game and a little bit of, of yeah. luck. That's the uh, challenge now for Jordan Rhodes. It makes sense. Those two playing together makes sense. Yeah. And the way that Wednesday now play, um, you know, how how long ago was it that Adam Reach whipped a ball into the box and someone gets ahead on the uh, at the end of it and sticks it away? It's just not happened. Yeah, he scored from a corner as well. Yeah, like how Reach, long since he scored from a corner? Adam Reach on his assists is way down this year, and you're right. Um, you know, okay, maybe his end product hasn't always been there, but it certainly wasn't the first half for Rhodes' second. 
I hope actually that we start to see not just Jordan Rhodes kick on. That's the challenge for him to show greater levels of consistency. That that's also going to be the springboard for Adam Reach, who I thought was much better as well. Yeah. You know, and put in a great shift and was a nearly scored a wonder goal. Just yeah, to mention yeah, that as well. Yeah, yeah, had a couple of sights of goal. I actually thought he outshone Kadeem Harris for uh, most. Of it. I thought out of the, the midfield four that Kadeem Harris was the quietest in my personal opinion. Probably. Um, but I still gave him an eight because how can't you not <laughs> when you have a great day like that? Um, so, no, it's, it's it's all sort of rosy again, isn't it, in the in the Wednesday Garden? You know, you'd have taken four points from those two away matches, 100, and then seven Absolutely. from the week. Um, it's higher than I think either of us said that we'd yeah. be happy with, I think. What did we say, four? I think initially, I said four. I kind of thought about it, revising it, and said, actually, let's say five, um, and, and go in, you know, unbeaten from from those games. Yeah, and that's, hey, that's what they've done, and now momentum they've got again and uh, it's five unbeaten 11 points I think from the last five and you look at the fixtures coming up three of the next four at home where they haven't lost since end of August too many draws probably in there for Gary Monk's liking but a real opportunity here to cement a place in the playoffs one more person that I wanted to just quickly mention and actually I mean it's there's almost a, a bit of a story here that probably because of the fact that we went to Forest and scored four, hasn't really kind of seen much of um, much, much, much daylight. But um, Cameron Dawson looks like a number one now. He looks different to when he was playing last season. There's a confidence about him. There's an assurance about him. He seems to be organising his defence better. And let's not forget the fact that for the first time in his Wednesday career, Kieran Westwood was on the bench, wasn't he, on Saturday? In never, the league. Never happened before. In the yeah. league, yeah. So, you know, that for me says, as it stands right now, we kind of knew this, but, yeah. you know, confirmation there, Cameron Dawson is Sheffield Wednesday's number one right now. I looked at the stats from this season that Cameron Dawson's played, and in the league, Wednesday haven't lost when he's been in the team, and it's nine matches. So, it's not a bad record, really, and uh, from, I think he's played eight times from the start and he's kept three clean sheets. Uh, admittedly, the defence in front of him is a heck of a lot better than what uh, there was 12 months ago when they were shipping them in left, right and centre. Uh, but no, I wholeheartedly agree with you that he has improved immeasurably and yeah, I really think that Wednesday needs to crack on very soon uh, at tying him down to new contracts um, as there are going to be a number of clubs, uh, and there are, I know for a fact, who have been sniffing around Cameron Dawson, who are looking at him, and he's 24 and he's getting better. And Cameron Dawson said it only you know, the other week that actually last season, it, what he did was, rather than almost feel sorry for himself that he lost the number one spot, he went away and he worked harder. It made him more determined and he, he has come back as a better goalkeeper. Fair play to him, fair play to the kid. Uh, right then, let's hear from the boss. Here's Gary Monk. Uh, Gary, are there any other injuries? I mean, how's the, the rest of the squad looking? No, the rest of the squad fully fit. Obviously, Hutch is just um, one more game in terms of suspension, but everyone else is, is fully fit, just Fernando, yeah. So Tom Lee's as well, absolutely yeah, fine then. Yeah, been out training all week and yeah, no no um, issues at all. It's a great position to be in, yeah. really. not many injuries. Yeah, and I think that's down to the hard work that's been put in and you know, credit to the staff as well and trying to keep these players in condition or something maybe not been able to do over the past mm. seasons um, for whatever reasons but um, yeah it's vital you know it's vital to have that and um, 
and yeah, hopefully we can maintain that all the way to the end of the season. That'd be great. But um, yeah, we've got a tough period now. So having a fully fit, mm. fully fit squad, more or less, um, yeah, it's really a good option for us to have. When you have a result and a performance like you did last weekend, now difficult is it actually to change that team yeah um, but we'll see you know it's each week's different you know and things can happen in a week or whatever it may be all the way up to the you know as we've seen 10 minutes before kickoff it's, you know, things have happened you know so you have to be prepared but no look the lads are, are really good together they're fighting hard they're supporting each other and I've always said it whatever 11 goes out there it's always with the intention to give their best and, and put ourselves in the best position to win games so mm. um, yeah really good week last last week but that's gone now we need to build upon that take the good things from it and also the things that we could have done better so that's what we've been going through this week and get ourselves ready for Sunday Morgan Fox has been linked with a few clubs this week um, has there been any developments on his contracts I mean how, so where is he in terms of your long term plans and and do you see him as very much as what you're wanting to try and build here and yeah, Morgan's doing fantastic you know and all I can say on that side of it is all those things will be taken care of. Um, I've got no doubt about that. And you know, I've spoke to the club, and as I say, when we all get to sit and go through that together, all those sort of that side of it, which should be probably into next week, um, with all the people that need to be in, in you know, sat down and, and in that process, then we'll do that. But um, yeah, all of those things will be taken care of, I'm sure. So another busy week ahead. Um, Bristol City on Sunday. Then off to Stoke on, hang on, what does it work out as Thursday? Small matter of Christmas in the middle of all uh, all that lot as well. Let's talk about Bristol City first. So um, not a bad start to the season for Bristol City. They do have this tendency to sort of fade, don't they, kind of second half of the season. Uh, and maybe that starts around Christmas. So maybe we're playing them at the right time. Who knows? Uh, but slowly been building year after year. Uh, I'm assuming longest serving manager in the championship now in Lee Johnson, I would guess. There or thereabouts, been there must for be right up there. four or five years or something. Now that he's he's been there, um, and he's you know kind of built a, a decent team, decent squad. There, never an easy game either. Absolutely not. Lee Johnson is a very streaky manager. It seems to me they get his. Teams. That's a very wild accusation there. <laughs> You send the, they get, the Neil Shipperley school of... Uh, <laughs> well, let's not go there. All right, um, I know we are in the Sheffield United pub here, but no, come on, come on, James. Um, it's Yeah, it's one of those where his teams, they can go on these incredible runs of form where they win seven in a row, and then now that they're heading to Hillsborough off the back of you know, two successive defeats at home, um, disappointing results against, I think, Millwall and Blackburn, and not, not great performances, but they have done better on the road than what they have done at home and I think they've won five times they've got some good forwards yeah that's it's going to be tricky for Wednesday and and I would say that the pressure is on Wednesday to get the result with them being at home and banging form on Sky as well on Sky bit of pressure there yeah bit of attention on Wednesday right now right end of the table yeah a lot of attention what's been happening off the pitch which means there's more attention on the pitch as well so yeah it is it is kind of set up but you do feel with Gary Monk that he he sees these things pretty clearly and he'll know the message to give to his team. And we're at this kind of point now, aren't we, where it's like when Christmas, New Year's, that kind of point where you sort of look back and reflect a little bit. But about um, what we've learned about Gary Monk and how 
professionally is and, and also the experience he's got in this league there's times like this where it really comes into its own like he will know how to make sure that that team is is on it for Sunday yeah he managed the squad I think really well I can yeah. see it over Christmas White say with his vast experience in management in the championship and playing four times in 10 days was it five times in 13 days or something if you include the trek to Bryson to kick off the new year, which we all can't wait for. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, I, I think that yeah, there will definitely be some rotation in that team that uh, will, will need to be done. Uh, and the, the great thing is for Wednesday that they have lots of options uh, away, you know, other than Fernando Forestieri and Sam Hutchinson. He's got one more game left in his ban. That's it. The rest of the team is fit. Yeah, and that's 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 brilliant and, and also really necessary because even like the quick turnaround of the fact that we play on Sunday rather than on Saturday and then playing again on Thursday, which is I suppose the equivalent of Saturday, Wednesday, isn't it? But there is Christmas in there as well. Um, so it, it is a fairly quick turnaround for, for, for any team. And I know, you know, Stoke aren't doing brilliantly this season, but you always feel like it's just not a it's it's not a place that you'd choose to go, is it? You you wouldn't want to be playing away at Stoke any time really, because it's it's a hard game. Uh, and Boxing Day, it's kind of there's always a slightly different feel to football on on Boxing Day. So that that's kind of a game where you know I don't think form particularly means anything for that one. Yeah, but I, I would go along with that, and I think they've picked up performance wise and got a few decent results since Michael O'Neill's taken over there you still look at their squad and you think there's a fair amount of quality in it and that they're vastly underperforming uh, it, so it will be a, it will be a tough test definitely for Wednesday that and uh, yeah, you, know, you look at the table and I say it again Wednesday will go into it as probably big favourites to win but it, it doesn't work like that we know that in the championship that this league is unforgiving unpredictable and if you take your eye off the ball, opponents will punish you. Our, our kind of recent record, I feel, against Stoke at their place is not not brilliant. It's kind of like not being a particularly happy hunting ground for us. No, it hasn't. Uh, certainly, uh, the, the couple of times I've been there was in the League Cup. Yeah, I remember that was... Quarterfinal, that was a disappointing just a real night. horrible game, that, wasn't it? Yeah. Because it was... Tom Lee's got injured, and then he was out for weeks, and that kind of... It didn't derail the promotion push, but it, it felt quite significant losing. Mm. And Tom last Lee's year, and they were fortunate, really, to get the goalless draw. Uh, I, I think that it, Stoke had the, be, you know, the better opportunities on the day. And uh, Gary Hooper was making one of his sort of rare starts or was coming that, back yeah. into the team at the end of that season trying to earn himself a new contract but yeah it wasn't a, a memorable occasion uh, and I'm not sure it really will be on Boxing Day I've got a feeling that it, it that will be a tight one and that's going to be where a little bit of quality whether it's from set plays or whatever but then Hey, I'm saying all this. No, no team in the championship has scored more goals away from home than Sheffield Wednesday this season with 21. There you go. So they have got the goals. They've got the goals to do the business. So, yeah, Stoke teams will be seeing and looking at Wednesday as a scalp right now. Rightly so. The fifth in the table for a reason, and uh, you know they've won nearly half the matches. Uh, so Wednesday, as Gary Monk says quite often, they have got nothing to fear. A really important question here. 
with regards to Stoke on Boxing Day. Uh, what kind of fancy dress will you be wearing in the press box? Uh, I will not be wearing any fancy dress in the oh. press box. Well, I may wear a festive jumper. That's as far okay, as I will yeah. go, James. That's, For that's you, I may try that. Right, yeah. cool. I'll wear my annual tradition of wearing my uh, blue and white Santa hat. I will, uh, I'll wear that. Uh, which I wouldn't thought anyone else will think to do anything like that. So you know, I'll, be, <laughs> no. I'll be, I'll be the only one among the several thousand Wednesday fans. I'd love um, it if you were. Um, and then we're, we're actually going to Liverpool afterwards, so um, I'll wear it in Liverpool as well. I'm sure that'll go <laughs> you're, down you're, really well. You could be in for a great day. Yeah. Uh, uh, right then, let's hear from uh, the captain. Here's Tom Lee's. Looking forward to seeing Jack Hunt on Sunday. Yeah. See if his hair's gone back to its usual colour. But yeah, it'll be good and. We'll have to be aware of what he's capable of because we know that he can get forward, we know that he can put balls in the box um, and he's got a good engine and he'll be looking to, to put some dangerous crosses in I'm sure but it'll be good to see him and um, hopefully we can get the win and then talk afterwards. Has there been a bit of banter flying around this week with you? Uh, not, you try not to get into it really because then it becomes a bit of a conversation or you want to try and avoid the what's your team looking like and all mm. that so we probably you don't really speak too much building up to mm. the game but I'll definitely catch up with him afterwards he was a great servant here wasn't he yeah he's a very good player and I think that um, a lot of the time in football when someone leaves that's when you notice what they've, they're offered a lot of the time mm. and he's a, he's a good consistent player like I say great en- engine getting up and down that right hand side so we'll have to be aware of that but I'm sure our wide lads will be looking to take him the other way on Saturday and give him a problem. You mentioned before about uh, the manager quite likes to sit you guys down and go through the clips yeah. of, of games and certain parts. Like, How important is that sort of side to the way he works? Yeah, it's important. I mean, different managers do it to different degrees. Um, but the gaffer's pretty thorough with what he wants. I know that he watches all the training as well, back on video and stuff like that. So it's good. And things look totally different when you're on the pitch compared to in in the sand or on the sideline. So to see it from that different perspective where you, you mm. probably think that you're a bit rushed, you might have more time, or just see it from a different angle is good and it's always good to, to get tips off, off, off someone that's been there and done it as well. Yeah, with him being a form defender, how much sort of input does he give to the back four? Does yeah. he work very close with the back four? Yeah, a lot. I mean, he works generally generally with the whole team a lot defensively because he does a lot of work on the on the shape of the team and I think that's what he's probably most happy with on, on Saturday was probably the shape of the team so mm. yeah he does a lot of work with us defensively and um, it's good I think we look organised at the moment Has there actually been much talk at all between the boys about the EFL charge? No none whatsoever to be honest I mean like I said a gaffer came in said that he didn't know what was going on I don't think anybody really knows what is going on at the moment and just to focus on what we can do and I think that's all, we, all you can do really there's nothing that we can affect so, so yeah. The fact that he went through something similar last year I mean how much does that experience help as well and how yeah, everything? probably can't believe his luck can he so <laughs> uh, yeah but if you obviously he's, he's been through it before so he knows he knows what we might be thinking as, pl- as players um, and he'll know how to handle the situation well, I'm sure. 
we will um, we'll discuss in a little while Tom Lee's uh, officially defender of the decade for uh, for Sheffield Wednesday, but we'll we'll come back to uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, let's chat about what else is happening this week. And um, I mean, there isn't a podcast that can go without us talking about an update on uh, on the off the field activities. So um, another statement from the club this week with regards to uh, EFL Stadium Gate which was kind of an odd statement because it didn't particularly move things forward. You felt kind of, I, I sort yeah. of felt that was a statement that was released to be read by someone at the EFL, not anything really for kind of fans to read anything into because mm. it didn't really seem to move things forward. No, it much. didn't. It didn't really take anything forward. I mean, all, all that you could take from that was that, uh, yeah, the EFL uh, will not be <laughs> uh, held to ransom or will not be compensating Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, yes, should uh, Sheffield Wednesday prove their innocence, and uh, you know when it does go to the Independent Disciplinary Commission, probably looking like at some point next year. Right. Uh, the other thing this week, and actually, as you as, as you listen to this podcast, it might even have been resolved. This, but the uh, the club have been in in court this week with the the council um, with regards to the measures that have been in place at Hillsborough this season. Particularly, the one that, that everyone kind of talks about is um, entering or leaving the north stand from Leppings Lane. Um, so you know that's kind of been rumbling on. I'm guessing have you have you been up in court this week? No, I haven't have you, been. You but no, we've been we've sent uh, some of our news team have been going down and it just sounds as if uh, it's another one that could rumble on as well into the new year might not get resolved uh, which is very frustrating for you know everyone all around yeah, it is absolutely. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on uh, on that one. Let's talk about some more interesting stuff. Let's talk about transfers because uh, the rumor mill um, getting back into full swing this week w- with some gusto because there's been names scattered about all over the place. Let's quickly touch on um, the rumored outgoings first of all, uh, particularly Morgan Fox, who's been linked with several clubs this week. In fact, so many clubs that makes mm. you just wonder whether or not. Mm. Is there something in this or is there an agent there that's thinking, ah, am I up a new contract for my player? Yeah, I think it could be a little bit agent-driven and uh, to uh, G up the Sheffield Wednesday hierarchy into uh, yeah offering him a new contract. Uh, but yeah, in saying all that, right now the way he's playing, you wouldn't really be surprised if there were a number of clubs looking at no. him. Uh, as and, the last couple of months, he has been solid. Absolutely. And you also... I think in the summer, most Wednesday fans would have seen him as someone that oh, he's got another year on his contract, then we'll ship him out. Probably wouldn't have seen him as someone that we'd be at this point thinking we've really got to get a contract signed there because he's he is mm. our, our probably our most solid, most dependable fullback now. You would say so, yeah. And also, I mean, I suppose another thing that I would throw in there is that, uh, say, if Morgan Fox was to go hypothetically in January, Wednesday would. 100% need a replacement or to have somebody lined up to uh, because the, they look very short on and light there on cover. You'd be talking about Liam Palmer going back to left-back and that's not ideal. That's not, I don't think, what we want. Um, you know, Liam's settled now on the right-hand side, so leave him there. Uh, but then the only other option is Matt Penny and Matt Penny's out injured at the moment. Um, and But of course, you know, his future, it remains to be seen where he'd be playing his football in the new year. His loan, I think, is up now, but it's a case Oh, is it? Of, I thought it was a season loan. Uh, no, I think it's in January. Oh, right. um, so I think it's one of those that uh, will get reviewed. Uh, so who knows, really? Uh, it, 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 
we'll have to wait and see what happens. But it wouldn't it wouldn't shock you, would it? Really, if another club were to come in for Morgan Fox, you know, we saw Sunderland table bid in August. Yeah. Let's not forget, uh, and his form has only got better. He's only you know he's bang in form in the last few months. Uh, you know, he's put in a number of really good performances. He he, he looks a very dependable player. Incomings then. Seems to have been quite a few names knocking around. Give us a, a bit of a, an overview then of uh, of the, the rumours knocking about. Well, it's forwards, isn't it? Which I think is encouraging in the respect of, I think, Wednesday do need uh, a, a, pl- a player in there. So whether it's loans or permanent, I, I would think it's more likely to be loans that Wednesday will be looking at in January. But yes, uh, Brewster at Liverpool, who is really highly rated. You know, that for me would be a huge coup if if Wednesday were to get him in there. You know, he's been part of the England setup and done really well at youth level. Uh, you know, he looks ready for a loan. So if they've got somebody in of that calibre and he'd give them the pace that I still think they miss. They miss a Lucas Joao type there now. They ha- yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, uh, a lot just of to offer clubs them, in for him though, aren't they? Yeah, just to offer something different. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, the competition for Brewster, you would imagine, would be pretty fierce. You've got Johnson Clark Harris uh, at uh, Bristol Rovers. He's another one who's been heavily linked, and um, I remember he struggled when he was at Rotherham a few years ago, but he seems to have got his career really back on track. He's left-footed. He's actually big. Strong, powerful, um, and goals-wise, yeah, you know, look at his return. Yeah, he, he's having a very good season. But you would think that I think he's, I'm not sure whether he's contracted beyond the end of the season. But they'd be looking for some decent money. So will Wednesday, with the uncertainty of the EFL misconduct charge, that is what sort of remains to be seen. Are Wednesday going to really want to part? And, and look to shell out big money for a permanent signing when you know that they could have points deducted yep. this season and it could seriously impact the way things are going. So I suppose it's one of those, isn't it? You've got to look at it one eye in the future, but on, you know, in, in the present, it could be that Wednesday may not be in the promotion race. We've got to face reality. Uh, you know, it's, yep. I don't want to be saying it, but that's the fact, isn't it? That in a few months' time, Wednesday might get a really big uh, points deduction. And the other one's Lyle Taylor at Charlton, who, uh, you know, his career has been very sort of steadily on the mm-hmm. upward curve last few years. He you know, was prolific in League One last season. He's done quite well in the Championship since coming in. He's in his late 20s, but he's out of contract. So I suppose, yeah, if you're looking for, uh, you know, another someone who... Career-wise, he yeah he's he's got better and better. You know, it'd be a, a big step up for him. So he yeah he may be tempted uh, by that. But who knows? I mean, it, 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 that's it. I mean, what can you say really? Yeah, it, it's going to be a, a tricky transfer window to definitively say exactly what yeah. Wednesday are going to do. They've got to seriously look at it strategically and think what what's going to be best for her, for us in the long run. It feels like it's still a while away, but it's literally two weeks, isn't it? And the transfer window's open, which you know, so so bizarre. And it'll come, it'll come, it'll be here before we even uh, before we even realise it. Um, so yeah, plenty of uh, rumours doing the rounds. Um, our opinions then. Yes. So last week we asked you to pick from our um, hotly debated shortlist. Well, one position was um, hotly debated uh, as to our. Um, uh, defender of the decade, and let me find the final results because it was uh, it was me, wasn't it? That um, 
insisted on Lewis Buxton, uh, who I'm very pleased to say got 3% of the vote. <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah definitely came last out of those uh, Raider Johnson 20% Glenn Leuven's 29% Tom Lee's clear winner 48% uh, Sheffield Wednesday's defender of the decade now we need to do midfielder of the decade so my for my team of the decade the midfield was and one of these is slightly contentious purely on positioning but it was the only way it was going to work for me um, so I've got um, Mikhail Antonio Barry Bannon Jose Samida and Fernando Forestieri. Oh, well, I mean, oh, so many things I want to pull apart from that. Where do you start? I can only agree with you on two. Right, Bannon and Antonio. Yeah, and you you knew You're going to say that Forestieri is not a midfielder. No, you're trying to shoehorn him into this team. It's like Carlos Carvalho. But it worked all right for Carlos, didn't it? It did one season, yes, and then he decided he didn't want to play that. Drop Carlos a text now and see what he thinks. I reckon he'll he'll go for it. He'll be fine with it. Might be on your own there, James. Do you know what? I mean, I'm sort of inclined to... I see where you're coming from, and I could maybe get on board with it because you know of the rich talent that there is up front. Uh, uh, that we'll get on to next week, and so yeah, I know where you're coming from. Well, there is because because for you know for for me for my team of the decade, I've only picked two strikers, so I've only got two names to bring to the table next week. So there is the option there if we wanted to include Fernando Forestieri as an attacker and take him out of this, and then have another you know out and out midfielder in because there was a midfielder who I really struggled to get into that for, unsurprisingly, in Kieran Lee. Now, it was a bit of a toss-up between Kieran Lee and Jose Semedo for me. You see... Uh, had, just because of being the leader in that team during the promotion season and all that, and, you know, the iconic picture mm. of him when, when Wednesday scored the goal against Sheffield United at Hillsborough and everything, I'm like, it's got to it's gotta be Semedo. No, I'm sorry. I, I Hey, I love Jose and what he did. Um, Semedo, yeah, you know, he, he's gone down as a cult hero uh, at Wednesday, but... I'm going on the talent, though, that Wednesday have had in midfield. I find it quite difficult to not put Ross Wallace in that team for the two years that that he was instrumental in the playoffs. He was. He was a great... For free transfer, I'm looking for balance in my team as well. You know, something that we talk a lot about, James. Well, uh, you you, you get one free pass this week. Yeah, I I know I do. For Buxton. Um, I I do actually really want Ross Wallace in the team, but then I suppose I don't agree with you, Jose Samido, over... You'd have Sam Hutchinson or Kieran Lee. You would. Right? One of them would be in there for me. I, I, I think for my midfield four would be Antonio on the left, Ross Wallace on the right, Sam Hutchinson and Barry Bannon in the centre. That would be my midfield four. Okay. Um, so and which, so, which, which you overruling on then? And how are we going to agree on the other one? I think, I, I think. Let's be mature about this for a change. Okay. I think. What do you mean for a change? I know. Um, Mikel Antonio's versatility and the fact that we saw him on Wednesday play right and left, sometimes in a four-three-three, four-four-two, very attack-minded as our team is what it's going to be. Uh, you know, we've got to make space for Fernando there. So I think, I'm afraid, you, and I'll, I get to overrule you, Jose misses out to uh, Semedo, and I want Sam Hutchinson in there. And right. I think he deserves to be in there, actually. So we go uh, in Antonio, Hutch, Bannon, Forestieri? Yes. 
Right. Yes, we are. Not a bad midfield, that. It's, it's, it looks a bit tasty to me, mate. There's goals, there's uh, pace, creativity, uh, defensive I'll just, I'll just tweet Carlos to let him know that we uh, <laughs> that we got Fernando Forestieri in there. Right, brilliant. All right, so we'll put those to uh, the vote on uh, Twitter and see who comes out on top. That's a hard one, that, to pick one out of those. <sighs> it is, pick. but I, I think I, you have to go for Barry Bannon. Me. It's bet- for me. It's between Bannon and Forestieri. I mean, Fernando Forestieri did some of the stuff in that that yeah. playoff season was just wow. But I'm looking at who consistently has shone in the period that they've been at the club, and Barry Bannon this it's season has again past. been a reliable performer. Whereas we've spoken about it before, Forestieri has been really on the decline since the playoffs year. Yeah. Whereas Bannon wasn't. There's been, hey, don't get me wrong, there's been times where he's fluctuated and he's not always been at his best. But again, this season we've seen, you know, he's going, you know, he's approaching his 30s and I still think he, you know, he looks on his day, as we saw at Nottingham Forest, what a top player he is. I think in terms of consistency, game in, game out, season in, season out, you're right, it's hard to see past. And value for money, what a free yeah. transfer. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, right then, you can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott, and you can contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you to our gold sponsor, Title Law, uh, who you can find at titlelaw.co.uk, or you can find In the Bar with us in about 10 minutes' time. Um, also, thank you to the Rutland Arms, who have been our, um, our excellent hosts today yes. for our first ever um, pod in the pub. And Merry Christmas to everyone. I'm getting to that. Hang on. Uh, that's just about it. Thank you for joining us. As ever, uh, let's have your feedback on the show. We appreciate your reviews. You can subscribe to us for free in your favourite podcast app. Uh, check the show notes as well if you want to know how you can become a Singing the Blues supporter. Up the owls. See you next week. And go on, you can do it now. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.